Hey there, stranger. Welcome to Tad Strange, a Gravity Falls podcast. We'll be exploring the captivating and mysterious world of Gravity Falls, Oregon, and we are so excited to have you along for the ride. I am joined here today by fabulous Twitch streamer Trevor, a.k.a. Oxfail Mage. Hey guys, I have the flu. And by my big brother and all-around cool guy, Matthew. Hey guys, I don't. Why you gotta? Why'd you have to? Why'd you have to rub it in? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just don't. <laughs> so today we're gonna be examining episode three of Gravity Falls season one, Headhunters. Um, right off the bat, what'd you guys think about it? I think we're finally watching Gravity Falls. <laughs> That's true. Mm. That's good way to put it. So, what makes it Gravity Falls? Um, up to this point, we haven't really seen, like, quips, the awkward dark humor, mm. Mabel's really, really weird side, um, and I think this first episode we really got to see that in. Like, they touched on it a tad last episode, but almost all of last episode was running and reoccurring jokes, or jokes they'd, like, mm-hmm. start and then come back to, but this whole episode's, mm. like, these fast quips and these little jokes mm. and these, like, mm. run and hit cutaway jokes and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty mm. cool. Yeah, Super I mean, good. particularly the uh, underlying dark humor of things. I found like a couple of those where you laugh at it and you're like, "Wait, wait, <laughs> what are those implications?" Yeah, that, that's yeah, it's beautiful. Yep. It's beautiful. I I think saying we finally got into Gravity Falls completely encompasses it. So just to catch anyone up who hasn't seen the episode for a while, twelve uh, year old. Twins Dipper and Mabel Pines arrive to spend. Just kidding, that's episode number one. We should probably <laughs> read Dipper this and other Mabel Pines so, have already arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so now, the episode starts out at the Mystery Shack with Dipper and Mabel watching a show called Duck Detective. And it interrupts them, taking them to a secret door hidden behind the wallpaper. They open it and discover a forgotten wax museum. After showing up out of nowhere and scaring everyone into this title sequence, Gravity Stan, Gravity Stan, Grunkle Stan explains <laughs> that the Wax Museum was one of the most popular attractions before he forgot all about it. Then he notices that Wax Abraham Lincoln has been melted by the sun and accuses Wax John Wilkes Booth of opening the blinds. Mabel suggests that she can create a new Wax figure to replace it. Grunkle Stan likes Mabel's idea and he agrees to let her do it. After running ideas such as part fairy princess, part horse fairy princess, and waffle with big arms by Dipper, Mabel decides to sculpt Grunkle Stan. Grunkle Stan loves it and declares that the Wax Museum is back in business. The next day they have a grand reopening of the Wax Museum. There's a mini press conference where Mabel takes questions. Toby determined asks a question but is discounted because his microphone is a turkey baster. Sandra, Chandra Jimenez, a real reporter, questions where the pizza was that everyone was promised on the flyers. Grunkle Stan says, uh, that was a typo. Good night, everybody, and shuts down the press conference, throwing a smoke bomb and running off with the admission money. That night, Grunkle Stan sits down to watch Detective with his wax stand figure, while Dipper and Mabel are brushing their teeth. Grunkle Stan gets up to use the bathroom, but when he comes back, he finds the decapitated body of wax stand. Frightened, he calls in the cops, Sheriff, Blubs, and Deputy Durland arrive, but they deem the case as unsolvable. Dipper believes that he can solve the case and takes on the job, even though the police officers just think it's a waste of time. Dipper and Mabel quickly come up with a list of suspects, and Mabel notices a clue. She sees footprints that lead them to an axe, which they believe is the murder weapon. 
Mabel realizes that the axe could belong to Manly Dan, so they take the axe to Seuss, who tells them that Manly Dan hangs out at a crazy intense biker joint downtown. Dipper and Mabel head to the biker joint, called Skull Fracture, and they use fake IDs to get inside. While Mabel makes friends with one of the patrons, Dipper questions Manly Dan. Manly Dan has proof that proves he couldn't be the murderer, and he also points out the, the axe is left-handed, while he only uses his right hand. The manly, manly hand! <laughs> Dipper and Mabel montage through their list of suspects to see who's left-handed. The only lefty left on their list is Toby Determined, who runs the Gravity Falls Gossiper. Dipper and Mabel get Sheriff Blubs and Deputy Durlin to raid Toby's office, but he also has proof that proves he is not the murderer. Dipper tells Sheriff Blubs to check, check for prints on the axe, but he says there are none, leaving Dipper and Mabel confused and very embarrassed. Cut to Stan's funeral for his wax figure, with Dipper, Mabel, Seuss, and the wax figures, figures in attendance. Stan tries to read a eulogy, but he runs out crying, followed by an also crying Seuss. <laughs> Dipper then notices that Wax Stan's shoe has a hole in it. He pieces together the clues and realizes that the only people with a hole in their shoe and no fingerprint is the Wax figures. Just at that moment, they come to life and threaten to kill Dipper and Mabel. Wax Sherlock Holmes explains that Stan bought them at a haunted garage sale ten years ago. They're cursed to come to life at night whenever the moon is waxing. Ten years ago, they were an attraction in the Mystery Shack during the day, but then at night, they had the freedom to do whatever they wanted. Until... They stop drawing a profit, leading Stan to lock them away and forget about them. After bringing them out of storage, they tried to kill him for revenge, but they got the wrong guy, beheading Wax Stan by mistake. The Wax figures then begin attacking Dipper and Mabel. Dipper and Mabel dispatch a number of them, and then Dipper proceeds to duel Wax Sherlock's homes with a hot iron poker. Sherlock has him cornered, but Dipper slips past him out into the roof of the shack, where the morning sun does its work, and melts the Wax Man into a pool of goop. Meanwhile, Mabel is getting rid of the rest of the Wax figures by throwing them in the fireplace. Grunkle Stan walks in and is surprised by the devastation and the kid's imaginations, but nonetheless thanks Dipper and Mabel for recovering his wax head. Dipper says she is 99% sure she got rid of all the wax figures, but Wax Larry King's head is still in the vents. The credits scene shows Mabel unknowingly receiving sweater advice from Wax Larry King's head, and end of episode. Dun, dun, so, dun. solid episode. Oh, yeah. um, one of my favorites, but... <coughs> What do you guys think? Um, where does this fall on the list of Gravity Falls episodes overall? Uh, a, B, C, D, F, G, E. That's nope. W. Neither of those last two are. Well, you can blame <sighs> the American education system for that. But Trevor, what do you think? Oh, this is definitely an A, like a solid A in my book. Mm. Mm. For the last two like episodes. I was so like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm gonna take points off for this and points off for that. Mm-hmm. And besides, this episode's feeling like it's a little bit like rushed at points. Besides that, okay. it's mm-hmm. like perfect. It's the kind of episode I expect from this TV show, and it's the kind of episode I don't mind watching again. It doesn't feel like filler. It's mm-hmm. it doesn't feel mm-hmm. stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it feels fun, and it has all the elements that Gravity Falls episode should have. Yeah, yeah. Compared to the last one, which felt like either a pilot or a filler um it's it's not a filler it's filled with content mm, like there's like a right? boston cream donut yep this is the boston cream del- donut of delicious Falls. dark humor cream it's definitely dark chocolate cream not mm. like the regular boston cream donut filling 
because <laughs> it's sweet and powdery and you glance over at at the beginning but then you could like see what's underneath it and you're like oh wow this is mm. kind of dark but mm. also chocolatey and rich yum all right this episode yeah all right listen to me dunkin donuts that's for free chocolate <laughs> chocolate boston cream donuts. you get one you get one you gravity falls based donut <laughs> this is the one you get this has got to be the one you can just call it the headhunter it'll sell like hotcakes someone oh, call gosh. mr duncan I want to speak cool. to him on the phone immediately. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Donut? What's his real? I don't know who was Dunkin' Donuts. I, I think it's just a boardroom full of donuts. <laughs> and they send their unwanted children to us to eat. That got dark oh just like this episode. Just like this episode. Okay, so all that yeah. to say, I'd also give it an A. Okay. Cool. For me... Oh. So, I'm torn. Um, on the one hand, I love this episode. On the other hand, I love this episode. Um, <laughs> so Man, that was hard. It was really, really hard. So I can't, off the top of my head, think of an episode I like better. No? I, yeah. yeah uh, that's just off the top of my head. Um, so, so maybe there are ones that are actually better. My heart and watching this, thinking about watching this, first of all, watching it the first time. Then watching it and evaluating it even more and prepping for this, all of those, my heart wants to give it an A+. But there are a few continuity errors and just animation mistakes um, mm. and, and small things, so I think I have to bump it back to an A. But a really solid A. Like, yeah. this is, if you want a Gravity Falls episode, this is your Gravity Falls episode. It, See, it's I beautiful. I feel like this is the episode leading up to what Gravity Falls is. Because it's almost to the point where it's like perfect, but mm-hmm. at the same point, it's like we don't get those underlining tones of the rest of the like Gravity Falls world. We don't there get um, the same continuity and the same pace that we get from the other episodes. So I mean, it's yeah. really good, but it's just not there yet. Okay, so yeah, and that, maybe that's I'm why I was and that's, bias coming. That's off why of it's other like episodes an A and not an A plus. Mm-hmm. It's like it's mm-hmm. almost there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's just not all the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't that? involve the mystery of of Gravity Falls, the overarching um, conflicts and those things. True. It's it's yeah. fantastic, and True. I think the A plus episodes are basically this episode plus the teaser or the hook or the yeah. little bit of an explanation of what a- what's true. actually going on. And my so favorite like some of the other episodes are this, yet. but like at the very end, it has something like we saw at the first episode with, with the door that opens. Mm. Like if this had something at the end that was like that, where it's giving you a hook for the overarching theme mm. of, of the whole, the whole uh, cartoon that would probably throw it up to an A plus. But it, it doesn't, and you know what? That's okay. I, I don't I don't need that to enjoy this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is that it doesn't rely on a tie-in to anything else. Because um, honestly, like um, with the pilot episode, it was a decent episode, but then like the last few, uh, like the last minute or so is really mm-hmm. good. Um, and so it, it bumps the episode up in my book. Uh, this one doesn't need that, I think. And so it, it just does solid throughout. I, I found a video, a YouTube video called The Best of Headhunters, and it was seven minutes long. Oh my like, gosh. this is a 22-minute episode. Seven yeah. minutes. I watched a little bit of it, and it was really just cutting out, like, all the parts where they talk about the plot. And just like, <laughs> like, this was just quip after quip after quip after quip after quip, just hit-and-run jokes. Um, 
I personally love the pacing of this, but again, I, I think I might be biased because we're coming off of those other two episodes that yeah. were a little bit mm. less, just a little bit less than stellar. <laughs> Um, nonetheless, if we want to jump right into it, in the title sequence, um, Trevor, you you sent me a message talking about Bat Boy. Oh, okay. So you know how I like to find the little like real life weirdo things that they put into yeah. the show. Bat yeah, Boy yeah. is one of the pictures in the beginning. Yeah, I saw him, but yeah, what is he? So Bat Boy, like I don't know, like ten, fifteen years ago, maybe was all over the tabloids, and he was like. This is, like, before the internet was big. Mm-hmm. This was, like, when you would go to the grocery store and you'd see, like, the weird tabloid magazines of Bat mm. Boy. And, like, he was one of the <laughs> biggest ones. So I thought it was really cool that he was there. He was this kid, essentially, that looked like a bat. He, he was bald and had big ears. And it was, <sighs> like... But, like, most of those tabloids were, like, woman has mermaid cats. And it's, like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. whatever. But he just kept showing up. <laughs> Like, and they always were like, who's Bat Boy? And I'm like, this guy's fake, but I love him. So (laughs) seeing him at the beginning of the Gravity Falls episode was, like, really cool. It's kind of like the Fiji Mermaid in the last episode Mm -hmm. where you see it for, like, a second. And I I like that they add little weird things from the real world into, like, their world. Mm. Because it gives us this cool connection that maybe the Gravity Falls world isn't just this little town, but, Hmm. you know, everywhere. Yeah, it's good. That's really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my nose. Cool. Um, something uh, wh- you brought up, Matt. Or yeah, actually, before that thing oh, that, that, okay. I, that I sent you, um, mm. another sort of real world thing that I just thought about mm-hmm. as you were giving the, the plot summary, um, Stan blames Wax John Wilkes yes. Booth for opening <laughs> the blinds <laughs> yes, to does. melt um, Wax Abraham Wax Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. So in in history, after John Wilkes Booth assassinated Lincoln, he tried to jump down the banister, but he got caught on the blinds, like the the curtains of the stage, and that's how he like broke his ankle or whatever. And eventually, they they got caught because of his injury. So it's like was a, a large part clip. of it. So huh. like, I'm wondering if if that that was probably intentional because you're talking about the blinds. Maybe they're not the same material or whatever, but like. That that's a thing from history as well. Yeah. Mm, um, mm. But w- one of the other, the, the underlying dark humor thing that I noticed was uh, at the uh, exhibition invitation reopening of um, of the Wax <laughs> yep. Museum yep. stands like our own Mabel Angelo. Oh, I'm just Mabel, and um, that's Mabel voice. Uh, and she says, oh, "I." put my blood sweat and tears and other fluids into this and everyone's like ew and you from the last two episodes i totally expected her to say like oh like glitter glue or something like that like an optimistic mabel that that we've experienced the first two episodes but she doesn't she just says yeah Yeah. (laughs) like yes there are other fluids in there and i'm not telling you what they are (laughs) they're yeah uh, so let your mind wander. So <laughs> but it's yeah. the underlying dark humor of. Oh yeah. See, wait, wait, what? Like, that's what I was talking about earlier. Is that like we finally started to get to see Mabel? Because like Mabel is like mm. this this crazy out there says random stuff that makes she lives in her own world inside of this fantasy oh, yeah. world. Oh yeah. And that's my favorite part about her. <laughs> and we haven't seen that in like the last two episodes until now. That's why, like, mm. we were talking about uh, the first episode, how she feels so out of place as this, like, boy-crazy girl, and mm. it made, like, no sense 
for her to be like that. And that's because this is how she actually is. She's this mm. insane little 12 year old, 13 year old, whatever they are. I think they're 12. <laughs> they're 12. They're 12. Yeah. They're 12. I think they talk about that in Technically later episode. teens, according yeah. to them. <laughs> um, so, one thing that this does phenomenally, and I love it, um, and it's where I think Legend of the Goblin Walker failed a whole bunch. Whenever there's a joke, whenever there's a random side character introduced, it all feels natural. Yeah. It all feels like it's tied to the plot. And honestly, the pilot failed at this too. The pilot tried to do it by having a ton of flashbacks, and those are just kind of meh. Um, uh-huh. And Gobble Walker just didn't quite catch the feel. But in this, every single side character that shows up that you love is <laughs> like perfectly woven into the story so like the the bouncer at the club gosh it's like uh, good enough for neck. me and like we, just lets you don't in. serve minors or works for me or whatever yes we don't oh serve my gosh. oh dang nabbit <laughs> beautiful beautiful play on um, you get inside the dude like at the bar such a good side character manly oh dan gosh. has worked in perfectly um <laughs> like before he was just kind of a throwaway character it seemed like just punching a fish and that was cool um and i think they had this whole idea of this amazing town but <gasps> the way that like they're just going and investigating this mystery and there's nothing randomly thrown in um there's no random side character that shows up out of nowhere and just completely alters the plot yeah uh-huh. um it, it's so good so, so good. again it, it, that just reminded me last episode we had the first get em! <laughs> when manly dan was punching the fish mm-hmm. but and this episode oh, our get em is dan. also yeah toby determined no, his manly. name is not Toby Determined. His name is Tyler Cute Biker. He was originally known as just Cute Biker. Oh, that's he's, right. He's hanging he's, out with all the bikers. Yeah, he's just this little dude in the bar. But he's a cute biker. I, and he just shows happy. up, get him, get him, get him. Oh, yeah, so but good. that's again with Manly Dan punching yeah, that's something. Yep. Yeah, that's such a good scene. That's, that's too the real. manly. <laughs> also, can we just talk about the amount of play on words in this episode? Like, I was punching the clock. It's like, oh, you were working? No, I was punching no, the clock. Punching, and he was clock. punching the clock outside. That's so good. And and Toby Super determined, good. like as a reporter name, to be determined. Yeah, as a play on. Also, words. his yep. jumping to conclusions joke is like, oh my god, your little knees must be so tired. From, from jumping, jumping to conclusions. conclusions. Ha cha cha. Just <laughs> a little dance. That's the best part. Also That's talking the about part. um the biker at the bar. Like mm. he's one of my like favorite oh. random side encounters. Cause oh. Mabel's like d- she sits down right next to him and then starts doing yep. the, the fortune thing with yep. him. And she then does. she's like, Your wife will be beautiful. beautiful. And then he's like, Will she love <laughs> will me? Will she love me? Oh, real quick on him, little trivia. So he has a tattoo that says bats on it. Yes. It used to say stab. Which is bats backwards. Yeah. But for censorship reasons, they, they flip the word around. That's you know? hilarious. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So continuing onward with the idea of, I guess, characters um, and, and the way that they did it so well, they jump into this investigation of all of these different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come up with a suspect list that they have up, um, and it's pretty fantastic. So they have Manly Dan. 
We talked about old man McGucket, yep. um, who I I like in this episode more, more. than I did yeah. in Legend of the Gobblewonker. I feel like he's more of old man McGucket in this one. Old man McGucket, local cuke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are the wax figures alive? <laughs> and come to will life. I survive the wax man oh, uprising? Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Like, he... he <laughs> I don't know how he knows that, but like a a dude who's behind the scenes who somehow knows more than he lets on, but is also completely crazy, and he had like just a little alligator on his arm <laughs> later on in the episode. I think like he's great. it's more of them playing with the idea that the old crazy guy is always right. Mm. So at mm. this random press conference that's being held because of a new <laughs> wax figure, he just splurts it out. <laughs> So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's that's there's true. so much. There is a ton of foreshadowing in this. So let me see. Do I have my notes here? Um, number one, him just saying it outright. The <laughs> show starts off with a murder. Yeah. Which yeah. I honestly had forgotten about after when watching it through the first time. Like by the time you get to the actual murder, because you go through this whole like wax figure thing, and that takes up a whole bunch. Um, it takes six minutes before wax stand is murdered six minutes out of the 22 which i think is like a perfect point in the episode to have your call to action and to to push Mm. them into like the main uh conflict it it just felt supernatural um and you mean normal natural this is supernatural (laughs) yeah (laughs) i said it weird i said it weird different podcast no scooby-doo was last oh my bad i'm Uh, sorry i'm sorry yeah this isn't the episode based off supernatural let's scooby natural okay but i think they did a great job there um next next on the list their list is (laughs) that fat guy which is the dude with the pizza which he wears for like my favorite side character this episode because he doesn't have a line, but I feel so yes. bad for him. He just I, looks I empathize yes. with He's him so, so much. Good. Like, dude, he was expecting like when when the people he mm. gave his money to, Dipper, mm. especially when he comes back to his house to like have him sign for something. Yeah. He's totally oh expecting gosh. free pizza again and he still has the free pizza shirt on, <laughs> but he doesn't get free pizza, and then they walk yeah. away and he's like, Again. Yep. I think he wears uh, that free I'm pizza tearing shirt. Up for uh, the rest of the series oh my i gosh. would too in protest <laughs> um Silent next on the protest. list is, is angry lady who i looked her up and that's her only name she's the lady oh, who catches oh the, the the baseball that yep. gets thrown yes. and just crushes it her name is just angry lady um now yep. the dude with two casts his name is mikey r so he does <laughs> have an actual name also on the list is uncle phil and Susie, but you don't get to see them in the episode um, but that was like that montage of investigating people, I think was really well done. Um, I think Uncle it was Phil, fun because um, okay. uh, Uncle Phil is, uh, not doing acting anymore after, um, Prince of Bel-Air. <sighs> that's the Pop line, culture that's the reference. Pop culture from 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Listen. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> so moving back to that montage though. <laughs> Yeah, that montage um, is great. They have it's great. So, and I think I know why. So they have each show up. Um, you start off with Manly Dan. You say, okay, he's not a thing. Old Man mm-hmm. McGucket really fast. That fat guy really fast. Angry Lady really fast. Mikey R a little like twist, <laughs> and then from there they um, stop showing every single person and just go into scratching it off. So yeah. it's a perfect mm-hmm. like right in the middle twist to that. And so it's a montage, but it doesn't feel like it stretches out for too long, mm-hmm. like they can sometimes. Um, montages in the show, I think, are done fantastically. Um, so I, I just thought that that was super cool. 
So moving on now from the suspects to the wax figures. So yes. um, your first question, uh, or a question that you had, Matt, is who is the third person who they introduce? Do you still have that question, or has that uh, been yeah? I didn't. I didn't rewatch it after I had that question. Wow! I actually forget who the first two went. Let's see. Yeah, I definitely so took notes two, of it, but it's... Um, are I think Wax Sherlock Holmes, Wax. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, William Shakespeare. Yeah, William Wax Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Wax, Wax William Shakespeare, Shakespeare, and uh, some sort of goblin. It's Larry King. It's Larry that's King. right. That's right. Yeah. Some it's sort Larry of goblin King. man. That that's what I was. Some sort of goblin. Man. <laughs> Such Larry a great like quip. Oh gosh, it's beautiful. Um, so I kind. <laughs> hmm, we'll we'll combine a couple sections that I had together. And did you know that Larry King? Uh do you know who does the voice for Larry King? Is it Larry King? It's Larry King. Oh, no. Larry King does the voice for Larry King. Whoa. That's fantastic. Do you know who does the voice for Coolio? Larry King. Coolio. Oh, I tried. Coolio what? does the voice for Coolio. Do you know who does the voice of William Shakespeare? Just kidding, not William Shakespeare. Larry Sherlock King. Holmes. Uh, John Larry, Oliver. Larry they got King John again. Oliver to come in and do the voice of oh, my Sherlock Holmes. Wow. So this is like, they got, yeah, they got some great people. Also, do you know who did the voice of uh, Duck Detective? No, Larry King. A, a duck? Alex Hirsch, the creator. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not Larry King. It's not Larry King. But no, oh. it's, I, I was blown away. I didn't know that Larry King played Larry King. And Coolio, so the fact that they called him some goblin man and then he was actually a voice actor <laughs> for them. There's also a yeah. scene where so him works. and Coolio are sitting at a table and he's playing with Coolio's hair. Yes. Yes. Oh, so they were both. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, so they were both doing that together, which is kind of cool. So, so honestly, when I first saw that, I was like, oh. They totally were just like sitting around and doing voice uh, impressions yeah. and were like, yeah. oh, you do a pretty good this and you do a pretty mm-hmm. good that. Mm-hmm. And they just put had those as the characters. I totally thought that's how they did it. Yeah. Not I really feel like they were like, what are them? seven characters that would never be in a room together? Oh my and then gosh. they made this list. Because <laughs> there's actually, no theme. It's actually one, two, three, four, five, eleven characters. Okay, eleven characters in wow. Sherlock Holmes. Together. Uh, the woman who I'll I'll leave mysterious for mm-hmm. now. Edgar Allan Poe, Larry King, Coolio, Genghis Khan, Groucho Marx, Queen Elizabeth II, Robin Hood, Thomas Edison, and William Shakespeare. Oh yeah, that's right. Because like three of them kind of just die. Like Robin yeah. Hood never really gets seen. You see his like bow and arrow at one second. And that's yeah, it. I don't think he has any voice lines either. Um, he was also voiced he, by Larry King. Probably no. Um, <laughs> So Edgar Allan Poe is the one taking the pictures. I don't know if if there's any sort of I, I couldn't determine any sort of like reference with him at all. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Which I is no weird there because there could have been so many. Yeah. So that was a little bit disappointing. Hmm. Edison was like barely mentioned. You just saw him in like two or three shots. He didn't really do anything. Ooh, um, Queen Elizabeth II is seen. Um, doing a like a, a toast with soda cans with nixon oh wow which is that's fun. pretty cool yeah so when they transition from um the daytime where like kids are going all over the place one of them is kicking nixon in the, in the crotch, crotch <laughs> repeatedly uh they they then cut to him like having a cheer with queen elizabeth the second Gosh. Which I thought was kind of interesting. But like, Wait, why Nixon? You're, like, you're who totally... would want to see a wax figure of Robert Nixon? I don't get <laughs> well, that, it. That's true. Robert Nixon. I don't listen. Richard. I mean, Richard, Richard Nixon. I I have the flu. But uh, <laughs> no, so, no names. 
maybe the reason why he was in here is the video that I sent to you. So oh, yeah. possibly yeah. did a short while he was at CalArts. Um, he worked with a classmate named Billy West, who did the voice of Nixon, but not in here. As, oh, as I know as I can Billy tell. West. Oh, he worked cool. in Futurama. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. So he did a short called "Imaginary Friend," where it's this kid with an imaginary friend of Richard Nixon, and so he he like makes a sandcastle of the White House, and then he like summons Richard Nixon, and <laughs> Nixon is just a jerk to him. Um, and then uh, he's like, want to play Air Force One? And he's like, I guess so. And so Nixon becomes a plane and, and like. But not actually. It's, he it's, just, it's he just interesting. Puts his, yeah, you should watch it. You should, Imaginary you should look friend, it up. Imaginary friend Alex, Alex Hirsch. Hirsch. It's very interesting. So people are pretty sure that that was one of the reasons why. <laughs> made it made its way into, into this episode. Oh, my goodness. So that was super good. Oh, Mysterious Woman. Do any of you know? Um, only because you put it and I, oh, I looked I it up write it right also. There. That's true. Yeah, uh, that, that's pretty cool. And it's pretty yeah. cool that she's from, like, Massachusetts also, right that's near true. us. So she is a woman from Massachusetts named Lizzie Andrews Borden. And oh, she... she was accused of killing her uh, <gasps> father and Lizzie stepmother Borden, 26 right around the turn of the 20th century in, yeah. like, 1898, right about that part. Um, and so she was accused but never condemned. But, like, everyone, like, thought of her as an ex-murderer. Uh-huh. It's kind of a, uh, an example of, like, being put in the public spotlight leading to, like, false reputation, I guess. So when she went back home, she was kind of ostracized, um, which kind of sucks. And then she gets to be in a cartoon as an axe murderer. And that is where the axe came from that murdered also yeah, I didn't because know her. her axe. There, there's actually, um, it's disputed at the crime scene. The people who were at the crime scene, this was also the 1890s, thought that due to the wounds, it was a right hand um, really handed that did it however it's been it's kind of come into contention as the years have moved on and we've well we've gotten more internet so more armchair um whatever you call Mm -hmm, the people mm -hmm. who who criminal investigators um so redditors redditors yeah pretty much just redditors redditors. yeah but so the official thing said that it was a right-handed person who committed the murders Mm -hmm. but People have said, "Oh, but this other piece of evidence from the uh, from the crime scene says it could have been a left-handed." So it's it's like iffy in that way too, and that's, oh, that's one of the cool. pieces of evidence that exonerated her. Wow, that's cool. That's so super cool. Do you know who? Um, which do you know who Billy West voiced on Futurama? Did he voice Richard Nixon? Oh, <gasps> no nice. joke. I just looked up. Besides, like half the other characters, I knew oh, yeah. I like seen his name. Wow, on there, but I looked up who else he voiced, and Richard Nixon nice. was one of them. And that's I wonder terrible. if. I think it was from that Cal yeah. short. Yeah, because oh he sat when he, like, like watched the short today. I was like, "Dang, he sounds just like Nixon <laughs> from." I didn't know it was Billy West. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was the exact same guy. Yeah, it's really cool. Nice. Wow. nice. Um, what, what were you talking? About? Oh, the the axe. So yeah, first of all, there's no such thing as a left-handed or right-handed axe. Yes. Um, the way you would determine <laughs> that is from like the way that it hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't really have that in a kids' show. So, um, although, I'm wondering whether. The animation. I mean, it was a shadow, so it was back. Nonetheless, doesn't matter too much. Um, <laughs> moving on to a couple of fun things, uh, continuing our discussion of the wax figures. Genghis Khan, um, the thing where he jumps into the fire and Dipper's like, hey, uh, yeah, you fell yeah. harder than the uh, the, the <laughs> Jin dynasty. Yeah. 
See, I thought he was getting that wrong, but apparently he got it right. Genghis really? Khan's um, son conquered the Jin Dynasty, which was the last dynasty in China to resist uh, Mongol rule. Really? And they fought it out for like 45 years, but then eventually uh, they lost. But Yeah, so I, I thought he was just making something up, but that's actually the, the dynasty. That well, yeah, but, can we but talk also about- the Mongol Empire, because that just kind of stopped after right. almost conquering Europe. I thought it was going to be you fell harder than the Mongol Empire. Because, like, they expanded I, like crazy, and then stuff. Uh, they were around for a while. They, they like, completely changed the world almost more than any other empire. So, yeah, anyways, besides the fact that yeah. history is dumb... Yeah, I'm, so I'm, dumb. I'm kidding. Stupid. It's not. How yeah. many wax people can you fit in a fireplace before it puts the fire out? Because <laughs> they fit a lot in the fireplace. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Also, uh, I don't think that when wax gets hot, like when it hits something, it doesn't just go spoon up and turn into gas. Like it just turn into liquid immediately. Yeah. Surprised that room was actually a forge, so that fireplace <laughs> got to like a thousand degrees. Also, where right? is that room? Because we never see it again. It's no, just a random room in the mystery shack. Random room. You know what we no do see again, though? The Illuminati window. Yeah. And the upstairs right above, room. Right above. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, there was the one upstairs also. From episode a triangle one. In the window. Yeah, yeah. That, that showed up again. Um, and that was super cool. And he went out of it. There's probably symbolism and all kinds of awesome stuff in there. Right at the beginning, where Wax Lincoln dies, did you see the window above him where the light came in through? Oh, no. It also had a triangle Oh, really? On it. I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, wow. it did. I didn't notice it until I, I just watched it. And yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that made me happy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, then, then the other one shows up there. Whenever we're in that room, just the red light that it yeah. shadows the whole room. And I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of leads me into... Uh, discussion of animation it seems like animation really got stepped up in this episode yeah um, they're constantly like cutting from one thing to another um i never mm. had the thing uh that i had in gobble wonker where i would like stare at someone and i would just be creeped out because they're not moving at all it was constantly changing camera angles mm-hmm. um and people were moving the one place where it almost happened was when um uh like seuss was talking to dipper and mabel but they always had something small for them to do um, just like every few seconds, each character just kept moving. Yeah, nobody um, just stood Seuss around. Just like bringing up the axe to to his uh, arm instead of like holding it down, or things just small things like that made a huge difference. This this honestly, uh, visually and and plot wise as well, but especially visually, was I think the first true Gravity Falls episode. They just did a phenomenal job on this one. That's yeah. all my nerd. Um, no, it's totally stuff. true. There's none of the drop back kind of stuff like the last one where they would mm. kind of the character would just become steady because they they would yeah. only use one frame to make them yeah. instead of like the multiple frames. Yep. So you don't see that. Yep. And it doesn't creep you out. The only thing that creeps me out is Mabel's lifeless eyes from time to time. Mm. Because there are times that she just like stares off into nothingness with her giant. And she's just kind of smiling and she's just And you're just like, what is she doing? It's very confusing. Yeah, that's true. I think that that's um, also added. Um, that's helped by something I mentioned earlier with the side characters all having good reason to be there and mm-hmm. having a purpose and being well executed. It also means that when you have a scene, the side characters are purposeful, which means you're going to animate mm-hmm. them better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there aren't just just kind of 
filler characters in scenes, so to speak. Um, yeah. We talked like, about this um, last yeah. episode. Like, if a character shouldn't be there, they shouldn't be on scene. And yeah, you get yeah. that a lot in the last episode. Just random characters trying to make it like seem fuller than it was. Mm-hmm. And it gives you this almost bigger sense of emptiness, because, like, why are they here? So it's yeah. nice to see that they did away with that, and they kind of only focus on the characters that matter. Like, like a lot of side characters that don't matter, even during the montage, just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And they just skip yeah. through them because, yeah, they're there, they're cool side characters, but they're completely useless to the plot line when it comes down to it. Yep. So. And they do a fantastic job of really quickly introducing characters. So, like with the pizza guy, he doesn't even say anything, but you have a firm sense of yes. him as a character. Uh. Um, the bouncer, he just has like one line. The mm. the guy at the bar, he just has a couple lines. Um, one of my favorite is Toby Determined and Ch- Chandra Jimenez. Um, <laughs> the fact that they are in just stark contrast to each other sets up their characters <laughs> amazingly. So much better than just having like a weird. Um, uh, like local newspaper guy with a turkey baster or having a like official news person would have done. Yeah. You could have had just one of them and it would have been okay. But the fact that you have both of them showing up um, and it's just perfect. So you start off and he's like, um, he says whatever he says, I forget. But then Stan replies with Toby, yeah. your, your microphone's turkey baster. And he says, uh, oh, what's the line that he says? I love it. I love it. Um, um, he says like, you, not you're absolutely right, but um, – uh, whatever he says. And then he's like, next question. Uh, Chandra Jimenez, actual reporter. Yes. <laughs> and so just, just that, just that two, four words yeah. sets her character up perfectly. As also this, the like, fact sassy... that she came all the way out here for pizza. Yes. It's the only reason she's it's amazing. here. It's amazing. Yeah. So great job introducing your characters. Great job animating um, to all the animators out there listening to who did this. You're probably not listening, but that's okay. If you are, shout out you. to Bill West for being my favorite. Yeah, shout out to you for doing the voice. Probably not in this episode. I think someone else did. I couldn't find any reference unless Alex Hirsch brought you in, which would be super cool. Yeah. Oh, I have something important. Okay. It certainly is. There we that's go. <laughs> <laughs> Your microphone's a turkey baster. It certainly is. It's oh boy, I love that character in here. <laughs> so they do a great job of uh, setting up – well, in- interesting job. I think they missed a few opportunities with, with Poe and, and things like that of the wax figures. Um, but good nonetheless. Character building of all these side characters was, was phenomenal in just yes. a very short period of time. It really felt like a full world. Character building of the normal base uh, six characters, Stan, Dipper, Mabel, Seuss, Wendy – Oh, and others. Okay, I guess there's That five. makes six. <laughs> that makes six. Um, so I guess we'll we'll eventually get to talking about the police because they're, they're phenomenal. But <laughs> they do a great job of building up um, each and every one of the main cast. Um, Wendy, not as much because she doesn't really show up. When she does show up, she seems just like a – she's supposed to be there. Um, she doesn't seem like she's thrown in extra too much. Yeah. Um, so – it's okay. Like she gets her time to shine in the future, um, but True. they do a phenomenal job. And I'm, I'll run through some stuff um, on on each one of them. I think you guys have the list that I sent you. Yeah, of oh. just different examples of character building and, and I mean, just interesting things. So, first of all, Stan's favorite wax statue is Abraham <laughs> Lincoln. I found that incredibly interesting. Because Lincoln is known for his honesty, honest Abe. Oh no! And it's Stan. It's Stan Pine. 
Oh no! Favorite is Abraham Lincoln. It's it's terrible. It's I, I don't know if that was intentional. I think it might have been. Um, I hope it was. Man. Next, he refers to himself at the press conference as Town Darling, <laughs> Mister Mystery. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh! Just like <laughs> oh my gosh! Excuse me. Uh, and then please, ladies, control yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Come oh, to oh, the old ladies bop. with flies going around them. Bop back um, to Lincoln too with with the yeah. irony bit. Yeah, yeah. He literally stole Lincoln. Yeah, what, he, like yes, he, he did. didn't buy it. Oh my god! Because yeah, it goes to the scene where we, he bought them, and, <laughs> and the person who's selling them says, what? This "I'm going to rob you." Price and Stanley is like twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. I'll just take it when you're not looking. <laughs> what did you <laughs> say? That? I said I'm, I'm going, going to rob you. Oh, that was a good one. That was so he literally right stole there. Lincoln, and so Matt, he's you his brought favorite. something up about the uh, the flyers for free pizza. Oh my gosh, yeah, the pizza logo is is Pac Man. <laughs> like it's six slices of pizza. <laughs> One of the slices is missing, and it has an eye on it. It's it's yeah. Pac Man on the like. It's a blatant problem rip-off. with that. It's a blatant ripoff. No, this of, is this is Pac-Man. pizza man, not Pac Man. You oh weirdo he eats olives and chases Italians. <laughs> <laughs> what? Get with, get with the times. Oh, gosh. And then, um, oh. I forget if it was Trevor. No, it was Matt. The compliment yeah. that he gives. He's got a little dip. brain in his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when yeah, he's telling the cops. He's got a little cops, brain up in his head. he's telling the cops to let <laughs> Oh, Mr. Help. City Boy with your fart computer <laughs> yes. phone. Oh City Boy. Oh. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get wow. To that. Hold yourself. <laughs> Control yourselves, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> So that oh was an interesting compliment. Um, a on uh, Stan, A plus. Knowing knowing future stuff, that's actually cool. You know some future stuff. Mostly, mm-hmm. oh, I can't say it because I don't think Trevor's seen it. Um, some some future stuff with a character who's. Um, oh who's, yeah, yeah. He hasn't seen yeah, that, but yeah, 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 yeah. So that compliment hits home a whole bunch more. God. And even the fact that like he's this attached to Wax Stan. You can see a lot of similarities. Oh wow! I didn't um, even think with of his that. relationship to oh, this other boy. individual. Four shadows. Yeah. Four whole yeah. shadows. Five shadow four, four me. Shadows. Minus one Sorry, makes me like a triangle. Jared. Three um, triangle shadows. Mm-hmm. The pyramids. So to Dipper, we get to see him solve a mystery, like actually solve a mystery. I think yeah. for the first time. So he stalks Mabel in the first episode and just accidentally gets some video yeah, evidence. So that's it. kind of mystery. Second one, the Gobblewonker attacks him. Mm-hmm. So that's not really... It wasn't even really a mystery. He was just on a lake. Yeah, he was just on a lake and there's a Gobblewonker. Also, can we officially it. only cons- uh, call him Dipping Sauce? Because that's my oh, favorite yes. thing. Sir Dipping Sauce. Sir Dipping Sauce. Okay, Sir Dipping Sauce. I died. He goes at the bar line. with all the, like... Gruff bikers. Yes. yes. <sighs> you got it, dipping sauce. Yeah, beautiful. Oh boy. So, dip. Well, no, let's just jump right into Mabel. So, first yeah. of all, um, <laughs> talking about those fake IDs, um, oh. he sees, she sees Dipper, sorry. She sees herself as a 21 year old woman named Lady um, Mabel Ten or <laughs> something like that. And he sees. She sees Dipper as a 45-year-old man <laughs> named Sir Dipping Sauce, which I think perfectly encapsulates their relationship. I like um, that when she shows the ID, though. She goes, pick, pick, and makes it, like, shake. And the googly eyes bounce up and down. Amazing. <laughs> so good. Amazing. So, 
it's it's interesting that she sees her as like this older guy who's lame and yeah. like whatever. I mean, they still have fun. They have fun in this episode too. Um, mm-hmm. They play around and watch Detective and and stuff, um, and that's that's cool. But it's it's interesting. Um, I, I she sees herself as twenty one, like she's she's already grown up enough, um, and but she's still able to have fun. He's an old like forty five year old man. <laughs> so if there's any forty five year old men, you can still have fun. Yeah, that's not you what I'm can. saying. But you, yeah, if you're 45 lives. years old, but actually 12, it's mm. okay. So I just thought that was interesting. Also, um, see a therapist because there's something wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be a little bit. Anyways, um, yeah. So yeah, continuing uh, she Mabel. describes herself as I'm an arts and craft master. Why do you think I have this glue gun <laughs> stick to me, to stuck to me all the time? <laughs> my gosh (laughs) (laughs) trying to get it off Uh, I think it needs more glitter and then Seuss agrees with her so and hands her a bucket of glitter and hands her a bucket of glitter which splashes like water mind you yeah it does it does and then an entire oh go ahead due to Dipper's excellent powers of observation which again is showing his intelligence and solving a mystery just from her breath Mm-hmm. says you she ate, she ate an, an entire, entire tube of toothpaste because it was sparkly it was sparkly, it was so sparkly. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's so gross we Ooh, actually she, see that again in like two episodes where she eats something just because it's shiny oh yes no. we do yeah that'll oh, be no. fun so shiny that's that's a fun scene we'll get that's to that. why i eat also things. She is like fine with talking to anyone and being friends with anyone. She she just goes yeah, up and true. says, "Hey there, fellow restaurant patron." patron. Boop, <laughs> just like pats him on the shoulder. Like this is a gruff dude, and he just growls back at him. But then by the next scene, he, he's she's playing the the four fold yeah. game. It's because she kind of just lives in her own world. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I like about true. her so much. So yeah. and takes other people into it sometimes. You know what's mm. something we didn't see in this episode? Speaking of like Mabel mm-hmm. and Dipper that we saw in the episodes, the borderline philosophical reasons why they do things. Yes. Like the last oh. ep- one episode was uh, like. I'm losing my sister. Yeah, I'm losing my sister. And then with Grunkle Stan, it was uh, I don't have anything to hold on to besides my family. Mm-hmm. I need something. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he's kind of just like, I'll prove myself, but it's not. In those episodes, it's almost in the back of his mind. He thinks he's doing it for different reasons. And in yes. this episode, he kind of just does this because he's bored. He wants to solve it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's trying to. <laughs> Which is, I mean, this is summertime fun. Yeah, it's still really good. It's just we don't see that growth that we saw in the other ones. You know, true. That moral of the true. story at the end isn't really there because mm-hmm. it wasn't really a moral to like be had. Yeah, and the only thing you're left with is Nixon in the air vents. No, that's Larry King, it's not but okay. It's Larry King, but ah, shoot, whatever. Good try. <laughs> Either way, Billy West is both of them. Oh my gosh! Um, talking about Seuss, we see him a couple times. So he shows up with the glitter. Um, <laughs> yep. He he introduces to the episode, and he's he's uh, driving plot in a bunch of them, which is fun. Um, he's he serves as kind of this uh, like mentor and and guide through the the world of Gravity Falls, um, which is fun. So we see him with the glitter. We see him introducing them to, like, I was just cleaning the hallway, and I found this secret room. And then he's on stage with his piano, which is, is, the brand name is Beebly Boop Piano. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Fantastic scene. And then, oh, Oh, no, I'll save it for later. Okay, so okay, okay. that was interesting. We get some of that. And then we get some of Wendy. Um, it's really just her at the 
table there. But yeah. she, number one, got bribed to show up. And number two is pessimistic and assumes that everyone has taken a bribe in order to be there. She's also just blatantly hanging out with Dipper, which she doesn't yes. really do later. True. Which is kind of she- weird because they're like being buddy buddy at the table together. But then later, like in like two well, episodes, it's almost like they never talk to each other. You know what I mean? That's true. See, they that's weren't. True. I don't. They weren't really bribed to show up. They were. They were paid to be there. The, yeah. the however much cash that was the five I, bucks or whatever i care like more job, about the fact of, that but, dipper's heart's being broken at this very moment oh my it's not it's uh stop giving previews uh, mm, that's, that's also kind of why i like this episode because it's it's completely self-contained and there's no yeah, drama true. between characters too much like yeah. everyone mostly likes each other and then there's the bad guys it's very cut and dry and it's nice and it it's, could be a standalone episode honestly yes. and it doesn't have yeah. to have gravity falls slapped on it and it'd be perfectly fine that's true yeah, yeah I'd, well, I'd watch it, as a fun short. As far as uh, tropes go, it's sort of repeated three times. This is Sherlock Holmes. This is Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. This is a mystery. Solve it mm-hmm. with your deductive mm-hmm. reasoning. Like you start with detective, and then you mm-hmm. have Dipper doing doing his thing, which is like perfectly in line with. Okay, find the clues, interview people use your reasoning and then you have you know the actual sherlock holmes wax figure and then mm. it, it also fits in because usually in these um style of episodes so so sherlock holmes things um oh goodness the one that mom watches with the frenchman with the with the tiny mustache oh, poirot. poirot so you you're given this um whole setup this whole situation you see as a viewer and then at the end it's it's not flipped so much as you were on the wrong track and you have to move a track mm. over to get to mm. the real solution. Like you're mm. thinking the whole time, oh, okay, it's, it's someone with, you know, left-handed, whatever. It's got to be the reporter mm. dude. But then you have this tiny revelation of, wait, there's no fingerprints and you need to switch tracks to get to, oh my gosh, the wax mm. people are alive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so very um, mystery, especially thinking about Sherlock Holmes and, and all, all, the, mm. all that kind of mm-hmm. deductive reasoning stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. As, as far as a trope, something that it's modeled after, if, you know, we talked about Scooby-Doo last time, this is super, like, Sherlock modeled after a, a, a regular mystery <sighs> show. Yeah. Like Monk. Yeah. Monk. There you yes. go. There's another good one. Or Dexter. That's- um, doesn't no, he not, kill people? Not Dexter. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no one died this this uh, time, oh, thankfully. Wax Stan would if Stan like to beg to differ. If Stan hadn't gone to the bathroom, he would have died. Would he have, though? It was a wax axe. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah it was just kind of hit him in the head. Huh. Hmm. Well, they treat it like a normal axe for the rest of the episode. Yeah, which is kind of confusing. It is kind of confusing. Also, one of the greatest like parts in the episode is when he's pulling the coffin out of his car, uh-huh. and they're walking <laughs> yes. by, and they're is, like... Is that your favorite joke? Because we can... Oh, yeah, okay, I'll say that's my favorite joke. Okay, okay. You guys gotta wait 30 seconds. Is it is it favorite joke time? It's... Isopod hour. Oh no! It was more than thirty seconds. Time you can say your favorite joke. Oh, okay, cool. So this is part when Stan's pulling like a a coffin out of his car for wax (laughs) stand for the funeral, and um, he goes, "You guys want to help me?" And they're like, "No, we're going into town to uh, 
question the murderer, and then Mabel's goes, "We got an axe." Ree, 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 ree. As a parent, I should be concerned, but as your uncle, avenge me, <laughs> avenge me. It's and it was just beautiful. such a good like. Just set of quips. It was so good. I just love Mabel's. Yes. So that that is perfect from the uh, uh, from the movie. What's it called again? The Shining. No, it's is not it the, the Shining. Shining. No, it's, it's the, the other one. It's the spooky. No, um, <laughs> I forget oh, what it's called. It's, but it's fa- a, famous horror movie it's shower from the scene. Shower scene and oh, um, the, the guy with the mask. No, like the, is it Mike Myers? I don't know. Nonetheless, it. <laughs> That was good, and that made that scene. I didn't understand it um, for the first whole bunch of times, but not huh. understanding that it was a reference to that made it so much better. Nice. That that made it one of my favorite jokes. Um, so what about yours? Oh, Matthew? goodness. My my favorite joke, it's not even a joke. It's just a gag. <laughs> it's uh, so Sheriff, uh, what's his name? Blubs. Sheriff Blubs and Deputy... <laughs> Durlin. Deputy Durlin. So it's at the beginning when they're making fun of him being, oh, city kid going to... Oh, city gonna, boy's going to solve the mystery solve with his computer, computer phone. phone. And then it's literally just the, the deputy going, city boy! <laughs> really? That's yeah, that, that's my favorite. It's okay. not even a joke. It's just a gag. Wow. I just... City boy! It's, it's so, so like, oh my gosh, cringy of like redneck... <laughs> nonsense <laughs> yeah that's my favorite joke it's a gag it's not even nice. a joke <laughs> nice. nice um so right after that uh this isn't my favorite but it's a really good one that, so right after they make fun of him they get a attention oh my gosh <laughs> fitting an entire cantaloupe in his mouth repeat an entire cantaloupe in his mouth Ooh, it's a 2316 come on <laughs> <laughs> and they go off like, oh my gosh! I love, I love the oh. police in this one. Yeah, it's um, pretty great. Oh, fantastic! One I think... more police. Oh, go ahead, so, go ahead. So at the end, when they've solved the murder, <laughs> and and they drive over, and oh man, says, the how, says, how's the investigation how's going? going? I'm, I'm so. Ta- uh, have you found <laughs> the murder yet? I'm so sure you're gonna say no that I'm gonna take a nice, long, slow <laughs> sip of coffee. <laughs> Spit back and forth for a minute. And Actually, uh, found right here. Yeah. Yeah. They they spit coffee back and forth into each other's mouths. It's weird. Yes. It's a little it's more dark weird. humor, dark roast humor. And then and then they, um, oh, Stan says, "How oh, they got, got scalded?" Got and then you hear a swerve, and they crash. Yes. <laughs> they're probably dead, but they're not. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Um. So, oh, I think. I think the uncle one is maybe my favorite, um, but yeah. another really good one is um, where they're out on the roof, Sherlock and Dipper are, and they're fighting, and Dipper's running away, and John Oliver in his most like British screamy, whatever. He's like, "You really think you can outsmart me, boy?" I'm Sherlock yes. Bleeding Holmes. Have you seen my magnifying glass? It's enormous. <laughs> Like, oh my God, so Can we talk about how the sun just immediately melts him? That's not how wax yes. works whatsoever. No, it but it's isn't, great. But, but it, yeah. it was good for the plot. I but, also think it's kind of a reference tonight at the museum because when the sun would hit them, they turned oh, to dust. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you're right. I think you are right. Well, I mean, nice. the whole episode is kind of a tribute. You do to sneeze like museum. a little kitten. Adorable. 
As he's melting Outsmarted away. Outsmarted by a child in smart pants? No. Or short pants? Short pants. No. Fiddlesticks humbug. Yes. It's a total kerfuffle. <laughs> what a hullabaloo. <laughs> you sneeze like a kitten. Those, uh, those Pokemon? What did I? Those policemen were right. You are adorable. No, the Pokemon <laughs> he falls off. Right. Which, by the way, him falling off the roof to his death is a reference to the original Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes, who died falling off of a roof while dueling Dr. Moriarty. Yes. There you Which, are. Which, of course, is mirrored in the um, BBC yeah. Sherlock Holmes, if you uh, yeah. watch that yeah, series yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. It's also, also mirrored. mirrored in one of the Robert Downey Jr., Uh Sherlock Holmes movies. It's also also mirrored in Black Mirror, probably, because it's British Mm. and they're weird. It's also, also, also mirrored in The Revenge of Khan. Mm, That's true. That's true. true. That scene when they're like, Khan! Word for word. That's a reference to Sherlock Holmes falling off. Yeah, if you spell (laughs) Sherlock Sherlock Holmes Mm -hmm. backwards, it spells Khan. It's Khan. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. You didn't know that? That's very true. I, I didn't know that. I knew that if you read Arthur Conan Doyle's books backwards, you just get confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I read them backwards, I just get Black Sabbath music. I don't know. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. <laughs> then wow. you play that backwards, so like, and it's Hail oh Satan. Yeah, but if you take that and play it backwards on a Blu-ray, it's just mm-hmm. Lion King. There's nothing special about it at all. <laughs> it's a really, really long note, way around goodness. to get to Lion King, but... <laughs> on that note of um, intricate mysteries and, and hidden things, um, moving on to ciphers and secrets. So we, we oh already talked about the Lincoln cipher triangle in, in the uh, – that sounds like a really cool thing. I just read a book about that. Lincoln cipher triangle in the Lincoln, Lincoln cipher triangle. The, the the triangle above Lincoln that he dies from. Uh, yep, yep. There's also the scaradactyls, which is <laughs> yes, the, it's one of my on the back of the biker jacket. Um, there's the bat's tattoo, which we talked about, stab backwards. And then mm. the cryptogram at the end is he's still in the vents. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I've gone back and forth whether I want to say it. He stays in the vents for the rest yes. of the series. Yes, it's amazing. Oh, my it's goodness. amazing. Lamas are nature's warriors. Yes, llamas are nature's, yeah. Fiercest yeah. warriors or whatever. Fiercest, yeah. fiercest, fiercest bravest war- greatest warriors. warriors. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> Thanks, Dipper. Oh, so good. Sir so, Dipping Sauce. Come on, was Dipping this, Sauce. Was this a successful episode? Yeah. Um, I guess first we have to say, what was the goal of the episode? And I think... It was just to have fun. So before it was a pilot, before it was to introduce the characters, it does a great job of introducing the characters, but its main goal is to have a fun mystery, to have the twins solve it, um, and to have a lot of fun and tons of quips along the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can all agree that it 100% accomplished that goal. Oh, yeah. Yep. Very, very last is one extra, extra note about the, mm. the trope of playing on mystery, especially Sherlock Holmes. It's always at the very end that the hero understands it before everything is revealed but he also has a backup plan that ends up saving the day at the last second mm, like it does in this yeah. episode so sherlock holmes mm-hmm. same deal in, in it, when you do that stuff it's he realizes it the whole situation changes he's in danger but he is clever and gets out of it like dipper did so mm, dipper is yeah. a pretty baller intellectual mystery solver you think you could outsmart detective <laughs> Yes, he could. Heck yes. I think he did. I think he did. Maybe the whole episode was just to show that Dipper could outsmart Ducktective. 
Mm, maybe that's what this whole thing was. Maybe it's to set up a Detective Gravity Falls crossover coming out in January of 2019. Oh, can I mention one more that's... thing? Sure. I mentioned this in the other two episodes, how I'm so happy they don't go with the stupid, like, normal mystery stuff, like werewolves and mm-hmm. zombies and stuff, gnomes mm-hmm. and monsters, and I'm just so glad they were wax figures. Because, like, you could have went for the low-hanging fruit. It could have been a vampire or something stupid like that. But this episode is wax figures. And it's just something you would never see. Like, ever. So, it makes me happy. It's super good. Super good episode. I and all of us really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. If you are tad strange like we are, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, follow that channel, or do whatever your platform calls for. You'll get updates when our newest content releases and be able to follow us as we unravel the masterfully woven tapestry of Gravity Falls. By the way, we are currently working to get our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on another thing that I can never remember the name of, but it's a super awesome podcasting thing. Stitcher, thank you so much. I did it. I am proud of you. You overcame the flu and won the game. So (laughs) we're going to be on all of those. Um, If you're listening on there, thank you so much for listening. You are super duper awesome. Um, We are also now on Twitter and Facebook, and we also have a Gmail now. So you can look up Tad Strange Podcast on any of those, tadstrangepodcast.gmail. Look it up on Facebook. Uh, I think we're Tad Strangecast on Twitter. Feel free to tweet us or email us or message us with any sort of uh, questions that you have about the series, anything you want to point out that you think we missed, things that you said that you don't particularly agree with, we'd love to have it all. Um, We'd love to be an engaged community with you guys, and we are super excited for where this podcast is going to go. So, on that note, I think we'll say flip-a-dip-dip, and we'll see you in the next episode. 